You're listening to the Redfield Arts Audio Podcast. The year 2020 is behind us. Thank goodness. And um, I'm sure you, like me, found 2020 to be pretty, pretty miserable. We're not out of the woods yet, but here's wishing you a happier and healthier 2021. And that's the theme of this show. Uh, Thank you for subscribing. This show is uh, previews of coming attractions, what's coming from Redfield Arts Audio, both our podcasts and our audiobooks and audio drama. Hi, this is Mark Redfield. Welcome to the show. And again, I raise a glass and uh, wish you, all of us, um, a happier, healthier, smarter 2021. 2020, with the pandemic, uh, impacted the audio book business in a lot of ways. Um, In some ways, uh, grateful that it's there uh, to give us wonderful things to listen to. One of the problems that uh, I confronted as the pandemic unfolded in 2020 was um, suddenly the company of actors that we work with was... Uh, cut down because of it not being safe to bring people into studios around the world. Um, There were a couple of occasions uh, where in Los Angeles and other places we did have to bring an actor in, and remarkably they were very good, these studios, in following very strict safety protocols uh, following sag after guidelines and keeping the actors safe. But a number of our actors are older, and so certain projects had to be postponed for some time. But one good thing that I'm very, very proud of that came out of 2020 was the opportunity and the honor to produce the audiobook of the one-man show Nevermore, An Evening with Edgar Allan Poe, which stars Jeffrey Combs, It's a remarkable performance. I had known Jeffrey um, casually for a couple of years, and and, uh, we finally uh, worked together uh, in 2020. Uh, Nevermore, An Evening with Edgar Allan Poe premiered in 2009 in Los Angeles at the Steve Allen Theater. And then uh, my involvement started with a series of phone calls with the late Stuart Gordon. Uh, They wanted to produce it uh, in Baltimore, and um, we couldn't move quite as quickly as we would have liked, and so we were able to do it uh, in uh, January of 2010. And um, I fell in love with the show, Jeffrey's marvelous actor, and I've had the good fortune of being able to uh, produce and be involved with the play several times, including Boston, which led to recording the show. And um, last year, in 2020, um, Jeffrey uh, Combs and the writer Dennis Paoli and I worked uh, a couple of months putting together 
the details to be able to release Nevermore and Evening with Edgar Allan Poe as an audiobook. It's available worldwide. I'm honored to have been a part of it and very proud to, if at the very least, document this marvelous show. One of the things that, of course, I hope for as um, we get on top of this pandemic in the future is that Jeffrey is able to tour the show again live. Um, and, of course, there has always been talk of um, document, uh, documenting the play uh, in, a, in a handsome video production for those who have not been able to see it. But um, very excited to offer the audiobook, which is available everywhere. And uh, if you haven't heard it yet, here is uh, here's a small preview of Nevermore, An Evening with Edgar Allan Poe, starring Jeffrey Combs. From Redfield Arts Audio, available now worldwide on Audible. Jeffrey Combs, Nevermore, An Evening with Edgar Allan Poe. Written by Dennis Paoli. Directed by Stuart Gordon. Recorded before a live audience. Spirits of the dead who stood in life before thee are again dead around thee. My parents were actors. True. And I claim my birthright this evening as the heir to their talents and to their purpose. You are here this evening, no doubt, to hear yours truly recite the most popular poem ever written upon these shores. <laughs> I haven't told you what it is yet. <laughs> my father, <laughs> my father fled, leaving the dimmest of memories. And so, after my mother's untimely passing, my, uh, my brother, my sister, and I, well, we were parceled out to the charity of the various Richmond, Virginia households. Indeed, my whole life has been a long and a desperate struggle with the ills attendant upon. You know, for, for many years, my, uh, my, my stories, my tales, that more popular than my poetry, and magazines and readership just demanded, oh, new tale, every issue. So that now, uh, my collected fiction might fill uh, six, no, no, seven volumes, size of ordinary novels. Now that's a mere shelf in a library, but in range, tone, and in scope, I've imagined into the, it is a world, a universe in its details and its entirety. Okay, do you hear it? Louder, 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 louder! 
the fans are shrinked. Dissemble no more, I admit the need. Tear up the pegs. Here, here, it is the beating of his hideous heart. I do feel that I must tell you <laughs> that there are those, those who uh, favor transcendentalism. <laughs> now, they, they, they say that my tales do not transcend. <laughs> they claim my tales do not hoist the reader up by the scruff of the spirit to a higher metaphysical plane. <laughs> They argue that my tales do not provide a moral to direct the reader to a life more reverently lived. Would you care to hear one read in the voice of its author? What's coming to the Redfield Arts Audio Podcast? What's coming to our podcasts? We have wonderful interviews coming, as always. Uh, thank you again for subscribing to the podcasts. If you've been listening to our shows, we have an eclectic mix of things, but we have more interviews coming with writers, actors, filmmakers, musicians, and other creators. And speaking of Nevermore, and evening with Edgar Allan Poe, we have a wonderful interview coming up with actor Jeffrey Combs. Uh, stimulating conversation with uh, writer Dennis Paoli. Uh, not just talking about Edgar Allan Poe and Nevermore, but about their long career with Stuart Gordon and their long career as an actor and as a writer, screenwriter and playwright, respectively. We have um, an interview coming, uh, part of our series, The Great Storytellers. We have a show coming called uh, The Life and Art of uh, Ray Harryhausen. 2020 marked the centennial of uh, Ray Harryhausen's birth. And uh, if you don't know who Ray Harryhausen is, you probably know one of his films, uh, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, Clash of the Titans, films that are some of my favorites. And uh, his daughter, Vanessa Harryhausen, has written a fabulous book called Titan of the Cinema, which is uh, more on that because uh, the interview with Vanessa is one of the podcasts that we have coming up. We're also going to present two new regular series in our mix of free podcasts. Um, the first is uh, a series of audio essays from Stuart Voitilla called Myth and the Movies. And it's based on uh, Stuart's book of the same title and uh, is a wonderful examination of story and, and structure and uh, mythic influence. If you uh, are interested at all in the writings and the work of Joseph Campbell and uh, are interested in storytelling in general, this should be a, a fun series of audio essays. And the other that we're launching 
Uh, and these should be these these special series should uh, be monthly. The other one is called An Actor's Notebook, and it's hosted by me. And um, well, it's an actor's notebook, which means it's kind of a hodgepodge of things that I have learned or experienced or things that have happened to me in theater and film and television. Um, I don't uh, promise to be able to teach anyone how to act. I'm still learning, but um, hopefully I've got some entertaining stories that uh, if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that you do like uh, films and audio drama and theater. But we're not just doing uh, interviews and these audio essays in our upcoming schedule of podcasts for 2021. We're also going to be doing some audio drama that I'm very, very excited about. And, um, well, the first one uh, is going to launch the first season, uh, be 12 chapters, is called Mars Lives. And... Like I said, uh, season one of Mars Lives um, is a science fiction fantasy action-adventure series. And um, all I'll say about it right now is that it is a sort of alternate reality. The year is 1959, and its premise is what if the Mercury Theater on the air's production of War of the Worlds from 1938 was indeed fact and true reportage. What if, what if the War of the Worlds happened in 38 and where is the world 20 years later? Um, more on that coming soon. One of the other audio drama things that we'll be doing on the podcast are a series of what I like to call right now uh, phonic cartoons. Um, they're shorts. Uh, the first is a series called Little Big Town. Little Big Town is about a rat named Roland Park who lives in Baltimore and uh, he's sort of perpetually trapped in the amber of the mid-1980s. Uh, but hopefully his comic adventures speak to us today and, uh, well, I'm just hoping that it gets some laughs. And speaking of laughs, the other series of short comedies that we'll be pre uh, presenting periodically stars a little fellow called Elmer Stump. Elmer is dear to my heart. He's uh, a little fellow. He lives in a neighborhood uh, in his town called Shenanigan Heights. And um, I've toyed with the idea of using a subtitle on the Elmer Stump comedy's Life During the Pandemic, but um, I think his adventures are rather universal, and uh, hopefully they can be listened to again and again over the next few years. Um, you're listening to his theme song, which is, of course, Man on the Flying Trapeze. And uh, I hope you enjoy Elmer Stump's adventures. For my next experiment, I'll need a gentleman from the audience. A volunteer? Oh, 
you, sir, come right up. Mind the step. Let's have a round of applause for our brave volunteer, shall we? <laughs> Tell us your name, sir. <laughs> Elmer Stump. And what do you do for a living, Mr. Elmer Stump? I drive a milk truck right here in town. <laughs> Good for you. And have we ever met Mr. Stump? Well, no, Mr. Herlock, we have not. Mr. Stump. Did you have breakfast this morning? I did, sir. Might early, too. And what did you have? Scrambled eggs, bacon, and three lengths of sausage. That sounds delicious. You're making me hungry just hearing about it. The price of eggs these days. Nothing we can do about that, is there? No, sir. <laughs> eggs is mighty high these days. Are you ready to help with our little demonstration, Mr. Stunt? Maybe we can come up with the solution to the rising costs of eggs today. I'd be happy to help. What, what do I have to do? Sit here in this chair, Mr. Stump. Ladies and gentlemen, I ask that you be completely silent for the next several minutes and aid me in this experiment. I thank you. Mr. Stump, look into this lantern, this gentle, flashing light, and concentrate only on that and the sound of my voice. Look at the light, Mr. Stump. Mr. Stump, I want you to listen to the sound of my voice and only my voice. Just sit comfortably and listen to the sound of just my voice. Ignore all the other sounds that you may hear. The crowd outside. The music. The people in this tent. The ticking of my watch. Just my voice. My voice. Are you relaxed, Mr. Stump? Yes. You only hear the sound of my voice? Yes. I want you to do exactly what I say. Yes. Listen carefully. You will never have to pay for eggs again, Mr. Stump. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes. And do you know why? Because when I count to three and snap my fingers, you will become a chicken. Do you understand, Mr. Stump? When I count to three and snap my fingers, you will become a chicken. One, two, three. That's it. Behold, ladies and gentlemen, the miracle and the mystery of the mind. The power of simple suggestion taken to its astonishing limit. No more, Mr. Stump, milkman, but a chicken. Here's feed for you, chicken. When I count to three and snap my fingers, you will not be a chicken, but Mr. Elmer Stump once again. One, two, three. What happened? 
a taste of... What is this, chicken feed? A harmless experiment, Mr. Stump. Thank you for being such a good sport. And now, friends, you have witnessed one simple experiment of the mind. So what audiobooks are coming on the schedule from Redfield Arts Audio? Um, we have a number of things that I'm very, very excited about. I'm sensing a theme here that everything I'm going to be telling you about, I'm excited about, but indeed I am. I truly, truly am really enthusiastic. Um, audiobooks that will be coming out this year include William Patrick Maynard's first uh, novel, The Terror of Fu Manchu. Um, it was authorized by the Saxe-Romer estate, and um, it'll be the first of uh, a handful of Fu Manchu novels that uh, we'll be recording. Um, but uh, The Terror of Fu Manchu is coming. We have a novel, uh, a black comedy by Gary Don Rhodes called Oft. That will be coming. And we'll be mixing up some of the new audiobooks and novels uh, with a, uh, a few of the classics. And uh, one of my favorite ghost stories, um, outside of A Christmas Carol, of course, is, uh, is a story by Oscar Wilde. And um, I'm very happy that um, The Canterville Ghost will be coming your way very soon. And uh, I read that with Mackenzie Mentor as Virginia. Here's a preview. Redfield Arts Audio presents The Canterville Ghost by Oscar Wilde Performed by Mark Redfield with Mackenzie Mentor When Mr. Hiram B. Otis, the American minister, bought Canterville Chase, everyone told him he was doing a very foolish thing as there was no doubt at all that the place was haunted. Indeed, Lord Canterville himself, who was a man of the most punctilious honor, had felt it was his duty to mention the fact to Mr. Otis when they came to discuss terms. We have not cared to live in the place ourselves, said Lord Canterville. Since my grand-aunt, the Dowager Duchess of Bolton, was frightened into a fit from which she never really recovered. By two skeleton hands being placed on her shoulders as she was dressing for dinner. And I feel bound to tell you, Mr. Otis, that the ghost has been seen by several living members of my family, as well as by the rector of the parish, the Reverend Augustus Dampierre, who is a fellow of King's College, Cambridge. After the unfortunate accident of the Duchess, none of our younger servants would stay with us, and Lady Canterville often got very little sleep at night in consequence of the mysterious noises that came from the corridor and the library. My lord, answered the minister, I will take the furniture and the ghost at evaluation. I have come from a very modern country, and we have everything that money can buy. 
And with all of our spry young fellows painting the old world red and carrying off your best actors and prima donnas, I reckon that if there was such a thing as a ghost in Europe, we'd have it at home in a very short time in one of our public museums or on the road as a show. I fear that the ghost exists, said Lord Canterville, smiling, though it may have resisted the overtures of your enterprising impresarios. It has been well known for three centuries, since 1584, in fact, and always makes its appearance before the death of any member of our family. Well, so does the family doctor, for that matter, Lord Canterville, but... There is no such thing, sir, as a ghost. And I guess the laws of nature are not going to be suspended for the British aristocracy. You are certainly very natural in America, answered Lord Canterville, who did not quite understand Mr. Otis's last observation. And if you don't mind a ghost in the house, it is all right. Only you must remember... I warned you. I'm so sorry for you, she said. But my brothers are going back to Eton tomorrow. And then if you behave yourself, no one will annoy you. It is absurd asking me to behave myself, he answered, looking round in astonishment at the pretty little girl who had ventured to address him. Quite absurd. I must rattle my chains and groan through keyholes and walk about at night, if that is what you mean. It is my only reason for existing. It is no reason at all for existing. And you know, you have been very wicked. Mrs. Umney told us the first day we arrived here that you had killed your wife. Well, I quite admit it, said the ghost petulantly. But it was a purely family matter, concerned no one else. It is very wrong to kill anyone, said Virginia, who at times had a sweet Puritan gravity caught from some old New England ancestor. Oh, I hate the cheap severity of abstract ethics. My wife was very plain. Never had my roughs properly starched and knew nothing about cookery. Why, there was a buck I had shot in Ogley Woods, a magnificent pricket, and you know how she had it sent up to the table? However, it is no matter now, for it is all over. <laughs> I first met uh, Mackenzie Mentor, who reads Virginia in The Canterville Ghost. Several years ago, I went uh, to see a new adaptation of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula in a theater in New York. Uh, Dracula, the, the title role, was played by friend and colleague Kevin Shinnick. And uh, I didn't know Mackenzie. She was in the cast, and she played Mina Harker. Well, I was stunned by her performance. She uh, was um, vibrant and alive and just fascinating and a powerful actor. And it's funny, but in that moment, as the play, as Dracula unfolded, and I was watching uh, Mackenzie's work, 
as a director, you sit there and all of these ideas or, or plays that you've wanted to do all your life come into your head when you discover an actor. And um, of the playwrights that I've long admired and studied, uh, Eugene O'Neill is one of them. And um, as far as upcoming audio drama, I have forever wanted to direct a production of Eugene O'Neill's Anna Christie. I don't know why. You know, there are some plays that, uh, what's the phrase, speak to one. You know, it, it, it's a play that I've always been fascinated. And here I found an actor that uh, was my Anna. We tried, I, I tried to set up a production in New York, uh, the theater that uh, I was going to be working with ran into some financial trouble and uh, it was touch and go whether they would uh, be able to keep their doors open. And so, alas and alack, the, 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 the production of Anna Christie that I had long planned and designed uh, and cast didn't happen. However, I then got the idea to, to do it as an audio drama and adapted it and uh, brought Mackenzie into it, and I'm glad I did. Uh, Anna Christie from the play by Eugene O'Neill uh, stars Mackenzie Mentor as Anna, Ben Dawson as Matt, uh, my longtime collaborator, uh, actor J.R. Liston as Chris, and Lois Bailey DeVees as Marthy. Here's a preview. Give me a whiskey, ginger ale on the side. You look all in. Been on a bat? Traveling, day and a half on the train. Had to sit up all night in the dirty well, coach. God bless who's here. And how is the world treating you this afternoon? Pretty good, if it ain't for some fellas. Me to me, do That kiss was for goodbye, Matt. What do you mean? I can't marry you, Matt, and we've said goodbye, that's all. Mackenzie Mentor is a, a trained singer as well, a wonderful voice. Um, among our children's audiobooks that have been released, uh, Mackenzie uh, did uh, a series of American fairy tales with us in our collection, American Fairy Tales, Volume 1, uh, which includes the story The Princess Who Could Not Dance or Would Not Dance. I always get that... Uh, title a bit mixed up. But um, music is very, very important to the work that we're doing, particularly in the audio drama. And um, so uh, we chose a song, uh, an old sea shanty for Anna Christie. It's called Leave Her Johnny. And uh, here and in the show, it's sung by Mackenzie Mentor. The times was hard and the wages low Leave her, Johnny, leave her And the grub was bad and the gales did blow And it's time for us to leave her Leave her, Johnny, leave her Oh, leave her, Johnny, leave her For the voice 
makes of she and it's time for us to leave her I've spent a great deal of my life in the theater, both as an actor, as a director, and sometimes as a designer, making all kinds of plays. And uh, the creative life of actors and directors and writers of the theater have been something that have fascinated. And um, so one of the uh, audio dramas that we have coming for you is called Season 13. It stars Rick Deskin, as a stage manager uh, who takes a new job in a very haunted theater in Seattle. Uh, myself as uh, the ghost of a famous Broadway and Hollywood movie star named Jack Fairbanks. Uh, the marvelous Brink Stevens as Victoria Fairbanks, his ghostly wife and co-star. And Andy Schrem as uh, the stage manager of the Majestic Theater in Seattle. And um, it's a comedy of errors. It's about the show must go on. I think if you uh, love the theater, I think you might get a kick out of season 13. Um, it uh, has spawned uh, two more stories with the stage manager, Nick Papadakis, and the ghost, Jack Fairbanks. Uh, first out, in 2021 is season 13 and it will be followed in uh, late 2021 early 2022 with season 13 something wicked this way comes but i'm getting way ahead of myself uh, here is um, a preview of season 13 and we're going to follow that up with uh, with the song that you hear a great deal in the show Redfield Arts Audio presents Season 13, starring Rick Deskin, Mark Redfield, Brink Stevens, and Andy Schrem. It's opening night of the Majestic Theater's 13th season of their annual big-ticket item, A Seattle Christmas Carol. And I, stage manager Nick Papadakis, call me Pop, they all do, has locked himself all alone inside the tech booth, dressed as Ebenezer Scrooge, but I'm getting way ahead of my story. Hi, I'm here to see Jane Bigelow, please. I bet you would. And what makes you so special? I'm sorry? Of course you are. Who are you? Oh, I'm sorry. We know that. I'm sorry. I'm Nick Papadakis. I'm the new associate stage manager. Oh, you're the lucky lottery winner. I'll buzz her down. Take a seat. I was about to sit when through the stairwell doors popped. Hi, I'm Jane Bigelow, 
ASM for the Majestic. You must be none other than Nick Papa. Papa Papadakis. Just call me Nick. Maybe I'll just call you Pop. Come on, I'll give you the tour, and we'll be in time to hear the director's pep talk before the rehearsal this afternoon. The first person she took me to see was the head stage manager, Amanda. Everybody calls her Commander Reese. My fault. I started it. But don't ever call her that to her face. She'll deck you. Amanda, this is our new associate, Nick Papa's... Nick Papadakis. Nice to meet you. I look forward to working with you. Nice meeting you, Papadakis. Pop. Just call him Pop. Everybody does. Nice meeting you, Nick. Nice meeting you. Is she okay? Eh, It's been a little rough around here lately for everybody. It's been brutal. And then all the weirdness, all the little freak accidents and things that have been happening. Nerves are a little frayed. Maybe it's the handiwork of Jack Fairbank. Pop, don't ever mention the theater ghost again. That's taboo. Never, ever, never. You are fearless leader. One of the finest directors I've worked with. And one of the finest writers to ever put words in my mouth. Thank you, Chip Bateman, an actor's actor. Yours is the finest Scrooge we've ever seen in a local scene. High praise coming from you, sir. He doesn't make these speeches before every rehearsal, does he? Shh. Yes. And I just want to tell you all, my heart is bursting with pride at what you've done. Oh no, who has done this? Villainy. That is evil in this place. Elska, what happened? You see a ghost? Look on this with your own eyes, Tank. I'm looking. What am I seeing? Nothing. You see nothing. All my beautiful clothes for Christmas Carol gone. Jacques Fairbanks. You go too far this time. Mortachi tua. I don't know. I think our ghosts have been messing around a bit. But I'm hearing rumors. Rumors? That maybe somebody else is behind all this. Somebody who wants to maybe close the theater and sell the building. I hear those rumors too. Jerry Jerome, bastardo. That's what I hear. Jack? No, Nick. Jack. Don't you know any better than to sneak up on a ghost? Wait, you can see me? Hear me? Like Hamlet's old man. I hate playing Cratchit. We should switch roles one year, like Olivier and Gilgood did at the Old Vic. Switch playing Scrooge and Cratchit nightly? Yes! You're mad as a hatter. You'd never remember all the lines at your age anyway. Chip has a good point, Herb. Scrooge has lines? (laughs) I'd never known it, the way you mumble and stumble around on stage. You! Son of a bitch! Stand by. Come on, Hercules. I only weigh 49 pounds. Stop squirming. I swear, I'm going to drop you on your head. You drop me, you weenus. I'm going to tell Jane that you touched me. Why, you? (laughs) Gotten away with it, too. If it wasn't for you meddling spooks. Now give me my scrapbook. Oh, that feeling. To recapture that feeling again. What a glorious night. You were marvelous, Jack. That's what it's all about. That's life in the theater. Mike Lane, uh, a longtime friend and musician, uh, contributed the opening title song to a film I produced called Cold Harbor a number of years ago. 
And uh, I was looking for something for season 13 um, that uh, basically had a nice little drive to it and was about the compulsion that creators have to create, uh, whether they be actors, writers, or directors, and in the case of season 13, in the theater. And so I called Mike and... uh, I said, could you write a song called Compulsion for season 13? And he said, yes. This is Mike Lane, Compulsion. I wish I didn't have to say the words I wish I didn't have to write them down was just a dream I had Not a wave Trying to make me drown Driving me Compulsion Riding me Compulsion Pushing me Compulsion
Many more audio dramas coming your way uh, that, uh, well, yes, I'm very excited about. Um, one uh, that uh, is a, a comedy, a black comedy. On the surface, it's sort of a parody of science fiction films from the late 50s, early 60s, but uh, underneath has a, a fairly serious uh, message about loss uh, and losing someone to illness. But enough of the seriousness. Um, it's called I Married a Fly, and uh, it will star the wonderful Debbie Rashawn. And it's based on a play by Thomas E. Cole, I uh, acted in this play uh, in the early 1990s, and uh, I've always been wildly fond of it. And uh, so it's a great honor to be able to adapt it into an audio drama, uh, I Married a Fly. Um, we have another backstage story, this one with more horrific overtones, uh, called The Vent. And it's not about an air duct. Uh, the vent is uh, basically in the business uh, what uh, a ventriloquist is known as. And uh, this story takes place during the great influenza epidemic of 1918. And it's about a British musical performer trying to make his break in America, in American vaudeville. And he is uh, propositioned by the vent of our story to assassinate the vent's partner, a dummy called Mr. Dexter. Um, hopefully it'll make you laugh and give you a slight chill. Um, another audio drama that uh, we're all very, very excited about is... Um, uh, features a, a pair of characters that I've long been fascinated with, and that's Harry and Bess Houdini. And um, our drama is called Houdini, Magicians in the Ghost World. And um, it takes place in the 1920s and uh, is basically an adventure uh, illustrating, uh, following Harry and Bess as they help thwart a fraudulent spiritualist. Um, I don't want to say too much about it. Uh, we'll have a preview of it uh, soon. And it'll be out in 2021. Houdini, Magicians in the Ghost World. As eclectic as uh, our audio dramas are, I'm uh, very excited to let you know that uh, we have a series of westerns coming. Uh, they include uh, the uh, westerns. Uh, these are all original stories. Um, and they run the gamut from uh, good old-fashioned western adventure for the whole family and something with a little bit more of an adult edge. Uh, the western genre is so wonderfully flexible. Uh, in the stories that you can tell. And uh, I'm of a generation where you couldn't turn the channel on television without landing on a Western. And at one point, 
Western television and Western films are, of course, a rare breed these days in 2021. But we will be presenting some, and uh, we have uh, a rollicking adventure called Lady Gunfighter. And if you like Westerns and remember this name, uh, we have uh, one called The Adventures of Tom Mix. Tom Mix was one of the first cowboy stars in Hollywood. And uh, we have uh, The Adventures of Tom Mix. Uh, But the first Western in our 2021 roundup is, uh, again, a familiar name from Western's history. Uh, Bat Masterson. And uh, I'm very excited to uh, let you know that uh, the co-star in uh, Bat Masterson, Ring of Fire, is Brink Stevens. Uh, She brings her enormous uh, vocal gifts to Bat Masterson, Ring of Fire. And I have to tell you that our audio dramas wouldn't be half of what they are if it wasn't for the music and sound design of Jennifer Rouse. I've known Jennifer and worked with Jennifer over a number of years, and when I decided to roll up my sleeves not too long ago and uh, produce audio drama, um, I'm very lucky to have uh, Jennifer Rouse as a creative partner. Um, I, I... couldn't be happier with the range of characterization and styles uh, that she can bring because uh, as you've noticed a lot of our future audiobooks and this goes back to Sinbad and the Pirate Princess are in all sorts of genres and um, well they're kind of all over the map storytelling wise and uh, Jennifer has been able to match me Uh, genre to genre and theme by theme and um, I'm very excited to announce oh I've got to find a new word in the lexicon other than excited uh, that we'll be producing um, two albums uh, by Jennifer this year and um, I can't wait to start to share previews of the albums that we'll be putting out they'll be available like everything Uh, that we have digitally and on CD. Um, Her first album, Jennifer Rouse Storyteller, uh, is a compilation of music that she has written expressly for Redfield Arts Audio. And it really shows off a wide range of uh, storytelling, musical storytelling ability. And the second album, later this year in 2021, uh, will be a, a collection of original songs and some great covers, uh, but that is for later in 2021. Thank you so much for listening to the program. Again, thank you for subscribing. Your support means everything to us. We have a new podcast every Wednesday, and uh, you can subscribe from where you're listening to us right now 
or on another favorite podcast provider of your choice. That's it for this show. I hope that we've whet your appetite with some of the podcasts, audiobooks, and audio dramas that we'll be presenting for you in 2021. Thank you for listening. Everyone, Happy New Year. This program, copyright The Mark Redfield Company. Discover our newest audiobook releases at redfieldartsaudio.com.